FAU fans, it is a good day to be an owl. Doesn't matter if you are an FAU owl or a Rice owl. All owls unite and fly together because guess what? Kudos to the Mike Bloomgren-led Rice Owls. They have provided FAU with an opportunity to win back-to-back CUSA East championships and a shot at the CUSA East title for the second straight year, third time in four years for FIU. A bit of an eventful weekend as well as their season has come to an end as a result of the Charlotte uh, and excuse me, the, the Marshall and Rice contest that provided Charlotte and Marshall to play this week. Welcome back to the episode of the Shulwell Podcast brought to you by Five Reasons Sports. As always, you can find the podcast on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. And you can find, uh, excuse me, you can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at, five, at the number Five Reasons Sports. Find the podcast on Twitter at Shulwell Pod. Eric Henry joined, as always, by Shane Marinelli, all things FAU recruiting insider and all things owls for the FAU Owls Nest. Shane, um, before we jump into things, man, uh, how's your weekend? I know it's a it's a good weekend down there in South Florida. The Finns coming off a, a feisty win against uh, the the Mike Thomas led <laughs> Mike Thomas tried to start a brawl down there. Uh, the, the the Mike Thomas led Yo, hey, uh, that that heat culture is pouring into <laughs> the Dolphins real quick, right? <laughs> I was waiting for Jimmy Butler to run out, just show up from the sideline. Udonis Haslam is going to be uh, on the Dolphins' sideline next week. <laughs> but uh, I, you know what? Though I am surprised, Eric. You know, good day to be now. Uh, if you read my five takeaways from the game last night, and if you read the FAU message board, uh, Al fans would disagree. Uh, it's, it, I, I think the concerns with the team are much higher than any concern with, yeah, we might kind of back our way into a Conference USA title this year and kind of a meaningless, I don't want to say meaningless season, but, you know, just kind of a wacky season. I, I just think that's kind of in the back of people's mind right now. Shane, I'm going to throw a bunch of things out at you, you know, in the time we're taping this podcast, but you hit on something that I definitely want to ask you first things first, because, you know, the, I had a chance to, to watch that game in its entirety with, you know, no FIU football, I had a chance to follow FAU Twitter. I know they were upset about a myriad of things. We will get into that, but I want to piggyback, piggyback off what you said. Would a conference title feel less meaningful, less satisfying this year? Should you win it as opposed to the other years? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah it it would feel uh less satisfying just because you know let's just you know this real is it you know it it, to me there's elements of this season where at times it it does feel like i don't want to say like a scrimmage but you know this year was very season developmental and you know, just with the schedules and games being canceled and just a week ago, the team being on the bus uh, and, you know, not being able to play middle Tennessee. I also know in the back of my head, if FU played like they did yesterday, turning the ball over four times, I mean, they were able to move the ball pretty regularly yesterday. So I don't like the offense is like some complete mess, but you know, that JV on Posey turned the ball over four times or three times himself. And then there was another fumble. I mean, they probably lose to Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro that way. I mean, would you disagree with that? I mean, anytime you turn the ball over four times on the road, I mean, that's you don't win that game. Uh, so it, to me, it just feels like 
okay? I think more FAU fans are more at the fact that they're just enjoying Marshall's misery a little bit with it. Like, this was their kind of dream season, and they just do what they do and crap the bed and, uh, against a team they should beat. And it's what Marshall does. But, yeah, I just think there's more concerns for the future um, with FAU than just kind of them, you know, kind of backing their way into a Conference USA title. Yeah, Shane. So, like I mentioned, I had a chance to watch every snap of this game with FIU being off. And kind of, you know, my POV, I guess, is being the, the you know, outsider here is I – and I know I'm an optimist. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm an optimist. I'm a glass half full guy. But you mentioned the future of this program, right? And this year kind of maybe a potential conference championship not being as satisfying because the bigger overall picture is the future of this program. And I think the future of the FAU program, I didn't say FIU there. You guys heard it. Um, I think the future of the program is, is in fair shape. If you You can't boil down you know, all gloom and doom to this one game. I, I look at guys like Evan Anderson, you know, Jalen Joyner, uh, a, a lot of those young guys on defense. And we talked about this coming into the season, Shane. Defense was a huge question, given the amount of guys that you lost and the fact that they've been able to adapt again, short in a COVID year, but they've been able to adapt and get really acclimated to Jim Levitt's system this quickly. And not only just get acclimated, they're making plays in this system. You know, I, I, I yeah, so, I mean, you, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Shane, jump in. They shut down it. I mean, it's it's hard for teams that don't see the triple option. And even though Georgia Southern was out a bunch of guys, I mean, that quarterback is a young guy, and he'll, he'll I think, in the future will be very impressive with them um, running that offense. You know, and the, the crazy part is FU defense returns most of these guys and can get even better next year. So transfers like Keyshawn Green and guys, maybe Akias Leroy returns, right? It, it gets scary thinking about it, but – Here's my pushback, and this is what I think FAU fans are in the world of, and this is sure. the nature of college football, especially in the G5 when you're not in Alabama and you can just solely your skill, talent, your defensive talent is so much above everyone else. Like you and I talked about, you, you could Greg McElroy your way. Uh, the difference between the 2017 and 2019 hours and 2018 when they finished 5-7 and seven, which is Chris Robinson being young, all the same talent, all Jalen Young, Aziz, Rashad Smith, Motor, Kareth White, all those guys were out there. I mean, there was a couple other little things with coaches and a couple other little adjustments they made. It wasn't just the quarterback, but people got to be thinking that, you know, and I, I, what I saw from Javion Posey and just a lot of things and just, he is so raw and he is so far away. It's, it's it's he's not close right now and yeah we can roll into next season have a nice defense and probably win seven games conference USA leaning on the defense but FAU fans are at the point where they watched Coastal Carolina last night and said yeah it's us that should be us uh, okay and so, and questions. that's and that's why it's you know I, I think you're coming from a different mindset if I told FAU fans that you're going to win seven, eight games next year in Conference USA, and the offense is going to be kind of lackluster, but the defense will just win us enough game to beat the bad teams and the average teams in Conference USA. I think most FAU fans would say, no, that's disappointing. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, right? And my POV, I want to make this clear. The POV that I'm making is not one of, oh, the program's in great shape. It's doing better than FIU. You guys be happy. No. 
I remember you're talking to the UCF grad who suffered through, you know, the consistent seven, eight, seven, eight year, seven win, eight win year. And then you hit the, you pop into the Fiesta Bowl and then it's back to the, you know, the nine wins and we could be more. I, that's not the, the, the POV I'm taking here. What I'm saying is this, given the fact that you have ev- seemingly, seemingly everything else in place, you have guys, um, if, if a guy like TJ Chase chooses to come back for another year, um, you know, you have a, a, a litany of kind of younger players, not only at um, at defense, but you look at the running back position, which was banged up throughout the majority of the year. You're going to get Larry McCammon back. Hopefully Malcolm Davidson can stay healthy. Uh, you, you know, you, you got guys there. But but my my bigger point, Shane, was going to be this. I would tell FAU fans who watched that game and their frustration is boiling over with the offense. Go back. If you can find it on YouTube, October 10th, 2015. If that game is USF versus Syracuse, Willie Taggart was entering his third year at USF. And quite frankly, anyone who, who you know, was near or Tampa or the program, you had, there were calls for his head. You know, he was entering his third year. The program, I believe, had come off two straight 10 lost years. And at that point, they were one in three. And they were certainly, you know, ahead and looking for a loss uh, against Syracuse. And that's the game that Quentin Flowers popped. I'm not saying that Javion Posey is on his way to being Quentin Flowers, but Shane, I almost messaged you this during the game about um, Javion Posey in terms of just his throwing. And yes, he did have the turnovers. And yes, if you have that game against Middle Tennessee, I I believe you lose against Asher Harris, giving him enough chances. But I said this to you earlier today. I don't think that everything can just hinge on the portal. It can hinge on the quarterback. We're in full agreement there. But I think that there's enough there with Javion Posey that if you can develop him at least, you don't need him to be Quentin Flowers. If he can be Frank Harris, this team reaches its ceiling, in my opinion. Now, with that being said, really, I'll make this really quick. I'll pass it back to you. As far as the portal goes, we know how it is, and both you and I talked off air about maybe doing a deeper dive into kind of just the crapshoot of how going to the portal for quarterbacks can be. For FIU fans, can, can attest, one time you get James Morgan, Another time you get, you get Max Bortenschlager, and that's not, you know, banging on Max. He's only had 40-something pass attempts in a COVID year, but it doesn't always pop immediately that you get that guy who's going to take you to a 10-11 win year. So my overall point is this. For FAU fans who are, are, are just overflowing with frustration, I think the foundation is there for this program that in a normal year, that Willie Taggart, you get an entire offseason for that, for whatever percentage of the Gulf Coast offense that he's running, you get a regular offseason to implement that. And if you can develop Javion Posey, who looks, Shane, I, I don't know if you see it differently. Again, you don't need him to be, I, I joke with you about Justin Fields or, or even Quentin Flowers. I don't see anything that's with Javion Posey that says he can't be Frank Harris. And I think FAU reaches their ceiling if they can get that from him. Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I, it, there's just a level of coming off of Chris Robinson and Lane Kiffin, who was an exceptional play caller. Uh, but I think the bigger drop-off is, you know, obviously at that quarterback position. But I want a little bit more than Frank Harris. Uh, sure, sure. I think, I, I think to be, you know, if you want to make the USF comparisons with Trey Flower, that last year before he left, it, Charlie Strong was there his Trey Flower's senior year. But the last year that Willie Tiger was there, he won 10, I, went, I believe they went 10-2, and or ten and three or maybe I, I care. Ten and two. Ten and know, two. This is their their two losses were one was at home to Florida State when that was Florida State was still really good. Dalvin Cook, you know, kind of going crazy. Um, and they they had like 
uh, oh, they lost to Navy in a close game or something like that, or Temple. Temple, that was that year Temple was like, had, was undefeated, but they had, they beat Syracuse um, and they beat a ranked South Carolina in the bowl game, I believe. You know, they beat a pretty good South Carolina game team. So I, I think to kind of reach those levels, and I remember you know, specifically watching that USF South Carolina game, I believe in the, it was the, I believe it was Birmingham Bowl. Um, maybe not. Um, you're, you're, you're correct. But, uh, you're correct, Shane. Yeah. I mean, I think you need a Trey Flowers type quarterback to make those plays at the G5 level. Like, here's the thing, you know, it, it, it stinks that coaches' jobs come down to finding quarterbacks. And it's 60% of basically what your football team, and no coach will admit that to you, but let's be real. What's in between LSU this year and last year? Now, granted, oh. there's other losses, but you know, Ed Ordron wasn't, you know, it, uh, speaking of LSU, I mean, they spent decades there. I mean, or years and years not being able to get a first down versus Alabama because they didn't have the quarterback, you know, Florida has spent, Trask is really probably the first really good quarterback since Tebow at Florida. So it is hard to find quarterbacks and you will go through must champs and three or four coaches until one coach kind of just gets, I don't want to say lucky, but yeah, finds one. And, you know, that's kind of the concerning part. So I think you got to take every shot. You got to develop Posey and you got to go to the portal and get possibly two guys like you, you, you've got a volume shoot at quarterback. Yeah. You know, we're in complete agreement there as far as, again, my, my point of view is not Posey or bust or, you know, let's, you're only scratching the potential of, of Posey's yeah, scratching the surface of Posey's potential. Excuse me. My point is you can develop Posey and go to the portal just because that portal, you never know what you're going to get out of it. And I'm with you. If you can get two guys out of the portal, you know, I wish I could remember which program did that a couple of years ago. And one of the guys, um, oh man, it was a kid from Arizona who transferred uh, there and ended up, they took uh, two, two quarterbacks and then the kid from Arizona lost and ended up deciding to uh, just leave the program. But Hey, that's, you know, Shane, this is going to be the closest thing to collegiate free agency that we may ever see in terms of this year and the repercussions. So I think teams, especially FAU, if you see a need and say, this is the one thing that separates us from, being that 10, 11 win team and racing through CUSA, you got to go and address that need. Really quick, Shane, I want to ask you this really quick uh, on the Georgia Southern game before we transition to some of the, the things that are upcoming this week for FAU. How did you feel? Uh, it's something that we have to give you credit for because you said this entering the season, that this Georgia Southern game is one that you want to circle on your schedule because it's an offense that, quite frankly, you don't have to have your star player and then all of a sudden, you know, if you don't have them, there's a drop off for that star quarterback, a star running back. It is one that if you recruit for it and guys are practicing it day in and day out, you can kind of interchange, you know, guys can grow in there interchangeably and have success. And that's what you saw with Georgia Southern. They were on the backup quarterback, Tomlin, from, uh, forgive me, his first name is escaping me right now, but they were on the backup quarterback. Uh, Shy Wirtz was injured. I believe their top two running backs were out for that game as well insert a couple other guys, they make it happen. So just want to ask you this. Was there any level of disappointment that the, the, you know, the loss was what it was given the fact that Georgia Southern was down a couple guys, or were you just sticking to what you said, which is, Hey, this offense is just too hard to prepare for uh, as an anomaly. Well, they, they only gave up 13 points on defense. The other score oh. came from a, 
I mean, FAU did everything you could ask. I mean, they, they stopped the, and again, FAU was in the red zone a handful of times. I mean, they were in the red zone, I believe three times and came away. You know, they had a missed field goal. They had a turnover on downs. They had another drive where they were just outside the red zone and, you know, they're moving the ball and Posey throws it, uh, 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 it just I don't know where he started. He just threw a, a fly ball, a boring fly ball in the middle of the sixth inning for the second out to center field. Um, <laughs> that's what that felt like in, in the July baseball game between two last place teams. And it's just, you know, I, I think that I do. Th- I will say this. I, I, this is if fans want to criticize um, the coaching staff, I, they should have maybe started, maybe if not started, because, you know, you're riding with the young quarterback, man, they should have went to Toronto earlier. You should have recognized Georgia Southern secondary is weak. You're not going to out option and out quarterback run Georgia Southern. And when Posey fumbled the first time and it became apparent, and especially when Malcolm Davidson went down early and you said, okay, well, we ain't going to run the ball this game. You should have just went to Toronto. Toronto, you know, he is what he is. He's still a solid runner. He provides a little bit more threat through the air and he takes care of the football. And I think Tronti probably puts one or two more drives together in that game. And you might have a game at the end that's one score and then you never know what might happen. I, I think they could end up winning that game if Tronti played the whole game. I, I get the feeling. Just Tronti moved him down the field twice when he had when he was the quarterback. That's a, a, an assessment that I can't deny. You know, when Nick Trani came in, definitely gave the offense a spark. And like you, like you mentioned, they get the punt return for a TD. Uh, a couple of Alex Rainer field goals. Got two Alex Rainer field goals were, uh, attempts were blocked. So, you know, that's uh, something that uh, uh, you got to take into account for FAU. And really quick, I, I want to shout out Evan Anderson uh, from last game. I, I said this to you in your tweet. That kid is going to be one of the top defensive players in Conference USA, as long as he chooses to be a part of the conference. I said that he could be Dion Noville, but better for FAU fans who don't aren't familiar with the name. He is the defensive tackle from North Texas, similar size, about 6'3", 360, except Noville is a senior and Evan Anderson now is just a freshman. Noville's probably going to be an NFL draft pick. I expect nothing less from Evan Anderson. But as we transition to Southern Miss, Shane, want to ask you this. Um, I, I know we, we talked about at the top of the pod about, you know, whether or not a conference train, conference championship would feel less satisfying. So I want to take it in a different direction, ask you this. If the Marshall game turns out differently and you take this conference outright, would it feel still the same with that, that same kind of feeling of less satisfaction as opposed to, all right, we need Marshall to do this and we got to do that. And then, you know, maybe they'll let us in. Cause I do know that was some of the frustration um, from FA from FAU fans that I saw on on Twitter. I mean, if, if I'm sure we'd be thrilled, I, I think it just feels tough the day after a loss you played poorly. You know, you're not thinking about that type of stuff. But yeah, if they did win it, and it would almost be like kind of this funny thing. I think for the fans to be like, we shouldn't even want it this year. Offense wasn't that good. New coach. Everything. It's canceled games, and we still kind of fumbled and bumbled our way and you like this was the year i think i said this in the preview show like this is the year you got to beat fau we talked about this like especially with the recruiting that's coming like if you don't get fau this year and if fau kind of stumbles around and still gets it right you got to think this whole season especially i mean you got to think it from a marshall's fan's point of view this has been your dream season almost 
young quarterback playing well. You're undefeated. You're ranked. You're doing, you know, you're, you're beating App State in a big game on CBS early in the season, right? You're getting all this coverage. And if when everything shakes out at the end of the year, FAU still holding the trophy, I mean, it, it would be infuriating probably to some other programs, right? Like we, we kind of stumbled and bumbled our way instilled, you know, we always make dating references um, on this podcast. And it's almost like you got with your buddy who's always getting the girls and he's like, yeah, I'm not even going to dress good tonight. Not getting a haircut. Gonna just be a jerk all night. And the other guy's like, all right, tonight's my night. And like the one guy still ends up going home with the girl. <laughs> that, no. that, that's what it would feel like. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and I wasn't even trying. tonight. <laughs> that's, so, and, you know, no, go ahead, Shane, finish up. Go ahead, man. No, continue. No, go. No, I was going to say, I, I always love it when you make the dating analogies on this podcast because it brings all the way around for guys like you and I, single guys. We'll leave David out of it. You know, he's a spoke one for on this pod, but it makes perfect sense. Right. You know, and I and personally, the reason why I, if I were an FAU fan, would really be pushing hard for like, we need to win it this year is because not only do you drive a dagger in the hearts of FIU fans who, you know, are 0-5, and, and and I'm sure in, in the minds of FAU fans, FIU is so far in the rearview mirror, it, it, you know, it's, it's beyond belief. But I think not only can you drive the dagger in terms of that, uh, that competition, but really the rest of Conference USA, especially Marshall, to stick it to Marshall and say, you guys won a game that was questionable and we were down a bunch of guys, and yet you still couldn't close – I think that would speak volumes and especially heading into a year in 2021 that everything ideally would be, you know, on a, on a quote unquote uh, normal playing field. Want to run through the scenarios really quick before I ask you another question about Southern Miss and just kind of what he's looking for in, uh, in terms of the game next week. The East Division scenarios, FAU, they have to beat Southern Miss on 12-10. They would need Charlotte to beat Marshall on 12-11. Marshall can clinch simply with a win. Somehow, some way, if you can make sense of it, Charlotte is still in things. Uh, well, they were, excuse me, they were in things. They kind of crapped the bed with their performance. So that Charlotte could have been in it had they defeated Western Kentucky today. They did not. Uh, Piggy T certainly looked uh, good on uh, on uh, the Fortnite defense, but they had a chance to be in it. But uh, that circumstance out of the window. So it, I'll run through that. But yeah, it is pain. funny. Go ahead. Go that ahead. Conference USA East. Now, and this is hypothetical, if FAU wins on Thursday, which they should. I mean, Southern Miss is a team who I think threw in the towel in September. Um, uh, that coverage with the East comes down to Marshall trying to stop Chris Reynolds from scrambling around again. Uh, yeah, I, I do think Marshall will win that game. I do, like, this is, this is kind of a perfect revenge scenario for them, you, you can't, you can't, you can't almost write a better script, but if Charlotte does do that again to them, I mean, it's like kind of one of the ultimate things in college football, right? That those things in college football that make no sense where it's just like, you know, Charlotte playing poor only a few games that they somehow go out there and beat Marshall again. It's, it's almost this poetic craziness of the sport. Uh, but Eric, do you, do you agree with me in the sense that, FAU should probably handle Southern Miss. That team is just kind of a skeleton at this point. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jack Abraham has transferred out of that program, uh, along with a myriad of guys who have transferred out of that program. They're there that not only are they a, a skeleton, I mean, the coaching staff, you know, and I'm not saying that they, because quite frankly, Southern Miss, for all the things that's happened to them, they've fought hard. I mean, they've if you look at their schedule, uh, lose by three to UTSA, lose by three to Western Kentucky, lose by 11 North Alabama, lose by 10 to UNT, lose by one to, to La Tech. It, they've fought, you know, but quite frankly, just where they're at, Frank Gore Jr. and, you know, Tim Jones, that, that's that's not enough to to beat a, a FAU team that, you know, I like I said, I expect them to rebound and play really well. And defensively, that's going to be the big thing. And this is what I was going to ask you, Shane, is that what exactly are you looking for? I'm not saying you're looking for FAU to go out and put up 70 points, but this is a Western, it's not Western, this is a Southern Miss defense that, truly is depleted and they have some guys uh Hayes Maples has played really well they're they're Mike linebacker sophomore from Mississippi he's a guy stepped up they got a safety as well his name's escaping me uh, his name will come to me uh in, in a second when I get it back but he stepped up and played really well Malik Shorts Malik Shorts is the safety who's played really well still got Kyle Hemby I mean they've got a couple guys but not anything that FAU quite frankly shouldn't feel confident against and especially against the running game if Malcolm Davidson can be healthy you know and James Charles I don't see any reason that they shouldn't so yeah that's from someone who covers Conference USA Southern Miss is pretty depleted wanted to pass it back to you and ask you you know uh, put it to you this way a 17-3 victory against Southern Miss that if that happens then I will say okay FAU fans you got a little bit of a reason to feel a little bit alarmed and be like look this isn't good enough so from your perspective when they head to Hattiesburg, you're looking for, you know, at least a, a, a two score, 17, 20 point victory. You'd hope, right? Yeah. I, I just want to see us get the running games and do the basic things FAU does well, at least, you know, similar to how, you know, we kind of beat uh, FIU, right? Let's just kind of look for that type of performance, running quarterback, don't turn the ball over, just those type of things. Uh, you know, the defense hasn't scored this year, surprisingly. You know, it'd be nice to rack one of the defensive touchdowns up. But, um, yeah, and then just kind of go into bowl season and, get you know, get out of the season. And, you know, I think you can call their first season a success, kind of no matter what happens in the bowl. Yeah, like I said, I'll pick it back off, off that. And I think that'd be ideal. Again, you know, no reason to to head to Hattiesburg and have a game where it's a clunker. It, 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 I, I would I would put myself in the in the shoes of Owl fans and say this. If you start turning the ball over and you got two, three, four turnovers and you leave Southern Miss even a chance to to be in this game, once again, that'd be frustrating. And it's not something that I anticipate. You know, they got Tate Watley, a, a redshirt sophomore, started the last two games, I believe. Um, but, you know, again, not, not a, a really any type of threat in terms of the FAU defense. So that's that without further ado, uh, Shane, anything else on your mind or are we going to bring this one home? Yeah, I, I do. I do like, I will say this. I think the quick turnaround, the Thursday game is good for FAU this week. Uh, in, in, quick in what after a loss is good. Just this, a quick turnaround after a loss. Is that your feeling? Yeah, yeah, I do like the Thursday slot. Just get it. Let's go back out there, you know, get the bad taste out of your mouth type thing. So, I mean, sure. I think that is advantage for you. Sure, I'm with you. You know, no time to really dwell on the Georgia Southern game. Got to you know, have that, that quick trigger and get it flipped around. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. The only way we can help this podcast grow is through your feedback. So feel free to DM us at Shula Bull Pod on Twitter, Shane on Twitter at Marinelli Shane. Me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. 
And you can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. Please, like I said, all we can help this thing grow is leave us feedback. What do you guys want to hear? And uh, we'll try to make it happen. Thank you for listening. Happy football watching, everybody. And uh, for Owls fans, looks like you're one step closer to possibly repeating as Conference USA East champs.